Good morning. Welcome to the Gathering Place podcast. I am Pastor Todd. This week, Pastor Byron is preaching a message to edify the church. I hope you are edified as well. And now, Pastor Byron. So uh, this this morning we're going to be uh, looking at the fruit of peace. I'm, you know, as Todd always remind us, this is fruit. Uh, fruit comes from trees. And the trees need to be planted in the Word of God and in Jesus. So the, the greater the level of that intimacy and connection with Him, the product is fruit. The product is fruit. It, it just, out of a good tree, uh, with a good root system in Jesus, will produce good fruit. And, and the fruit we're looking at this morning is peace. And, and, it, and it was with, the, with everything that was happening this week, I think it's a really uh, an amazing thing that the Holy Spirit would have the subject peace this morning. You know, I, I think about it, the, the world says peace, peace, but there is no peace except for you and me. It's a product of being connected with him. And this morning we're going to be looking at things that may try, try to, and we must not allow it to, to rob our peace. Right? We, we face these issues of life that tries to rob us of the peace that Jesus says belongs to us. We'll open up with Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Do not be anxious for anything, but, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a beginning. What a beginning. It's, uh, and I've often said in this church that, that you know, when, when you go and approach God with things that are affecting your life, let me pull this out of the way, you have to attach thanksgiving. And, and, it, and really meaningful attaching thanksgiving Part of the product of that is increased faith. Because what you're saying, you're thanking God already for what has not happened. What's the definition of faith? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Follow that? So in this journey, in this journey, the Holy Spirit kind of led me to the life of Joseph. What what challenges came into his life that would in our lives which would try to rob our peace? Start it's in Genesis and Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate robe for him, and his brothers saw the father's love loved him more than any of them. And the product of that was, and they hated him and would not speak kind words to him. So what is, what is, the, what is the first one we're going to look at as a robber of peace? People in your family and that are close to you speaking words speaking words that would try to define you as someone other than a son and daughter of Jesus Christ. You know, I, I, I remember uh, growing up, growing up, uh, my mother used to grab her two boys and say, be careful what you say to the relatives. And, and we try to figure out, what, what, be, be careful, come on. And we were young, but things were blurred out of our mouths, you know, uh, the very unexpected things. And he says, 
because uh, she's going to arm her to say unkind things to me. And, and, and she so loved her three sons. Now, I'll tell you one of the things that was told by her, by the family. You must not, this is harsh. And, 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 and it was a thing that tried to rob her of her peace. Because she loved Jesus with her whole heart and soul and mind. And she loved her three boys. What they said was, God must not like you very much because you only have three sons and never had a daughter. A family member. And, and she added to that, your sons will not stand with you when you get old. Harsh words. Harsh words that, if received, can rob peace. But you know what? The opposite happened to her, because her three sons took care of her and were all present in her home when she passed away. And, and the reality of the blessing to her three sons and daughter-in-laws was that in a coma, she suddenly woke up, opened her eyes, and declared, it's so beautiful, and breathed her last. So what was said to her never came true. And be careful, be careful how you and I handle words, especially within the inner circle of our own families. Because that's what's happened here. His brother said to him, then, as, as I'll fill up between the lines here, uh, Joseph was pursuing intimacy with God. And God visited him with dreams to show him, given a glimpse of what God's plan was for his life. And he told the dreams to his father and his brothers. And what was the response? His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and what he had said. Another enemy. God has given all of us a glimpse into the vision that he has for our life. Are you ready? Am I ready to stand and follow that vision even though, now this is family members, try to cut that out and say, come on, come on. You're never going to achieve that. You're, you're never going to be that. How dare you even say to us God's beautiful plan for your life? A robber, a robber of peace. A robber of peace. And it went even beyond them because when he told his father as well as his brother, his father rebuked him. Now this gets really close. Your dad tells you that be careful about the vision that God has given you. A robber of peace. What is this dream you had? Will your mother and your father and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? You know, God, God has a, some beautiful things for all of our lives. And, and what, what the intention here is this morning, don't let words of your immediate family allow to rob you of the God-given vision that he has for your life. 
there are robbers in the spirit world operating through people trying to rob you of your peace. Rob you of your peace. So it even, even came to the place that, verse 18, but they saw him at a distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then they see, then, then we'll see what comes to his dreams. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, here, here, you know, You've heard probably before, if you study different commentaries and stuff, there's a real connection between Joseph's life and Jesus' life. And, and, and Jesus knew the purpose God had intended for him to die in behalf of our, to, for, to his blood to be shed, that we might be forgiven, love, and have right standing with the Father. This, this, as well, as well as Jesus, this vision that Joseph had, the closest people to him, his brothers, even said, we are not going to allow the vision that he has for his life to be fulfilled. We'll kill him. You know, I, I want you to know, in the, as far as peace that passes understanding, the enemy is vicious. And, and, and take, try to take every means he can to shut that vision down. Here, even to the point that let's take his life. He's vicious. He's vicious. Huh, come, let, come, let's sell him. Then, between the lines, uh, one of the brothers stood up and said, you know what, don't let his blood be on us. Look at this, there's a caravan coming. Let's just sell him into slavery. And the verse says, come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our flesh and blood, and they all agreed. So Joseph had to survive the enemy robbing him of his peace now within his own family. But now he moves on. He moves on. And I want to let you know, when it comes to our enemy, I, I wish I could say, be gone and he's gone. He just comes back and comes back and comes back and comes back and tries to wear you and I out and tries to rob us of our peace. He's relentless. He's relentless. And we have to be at, at stronger and stay in that supernatural peace that's a fruit of connection with Jesus and know that we know greater is he that's in us. And know where we stand. And know where we stand. So now he's in slavery. But, I love the buts in scripture. Here he is, a slave to Potiphar, in a house of Potiphar. And, 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 the, and the enemy is still after him to cancel the vision he has for his life. The Lord was with Joseph, so he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. Here he was. God was kind of lifting him up. Here's a season. I'm, I'm in the season. And God is blessing me in this house. And, and take, I'm saying this with all my heart, take advantages of the season when you're not under pressure. That's not a time to relax. That's the time to build your relationship with Jesus. 
build your relationship with Jesus. And when he... And then we have the story that things kind of shift for him because Potiphar's wife kind of took a little interest and she had no moral compass. And when she saw that he left his cloak, and um, let me see, you know the story, I'll fill more into it. Uh, She was... And it's very interesting in this, and you need to look at the whole thing. I just took bits and pieces out of this, how relentless she was to have Joseph sleep with him, her. And, and it was like a daily thing, daily thing, after him, after him, after him. And he, and he refused and refused. And finally, there was an opportune time. Nobody was around. Nobody was around. And and because she evidently she'd been after Joseph for a period of time, and now when she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and and ran out of the house, she called her household servant. Look, she said to them, "This Hebrew who was brought into to us and makes sport of me of us, he came here to sleep with me, but I screamed and." When he heard me scream for help, he left his coat beside me and ran out of the house. Now, what's another robber of peace? People lying about you. And we, I, I'm sure we can relate to that. People actually lying about you and me. And, and, and that can either, we can either allow that to affect us negatively or affect us positively. And, and it's uh, in this close relationship with Jesus. See, if they lied about Jesus, they'll lie about you. The thing is, the thing is not to allow the lies to rob your peace. Because they're just lies. They're not truth. In in, in some cases, we don't even have to defend ourselves. Because they're lies. She kept his cloak beside her until her master came home, and she told him this lie, the story. The Hebrew slave you brought has come in to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. And, it, and when his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him into prison and placed him where the king's prisoners were confined. You know what? There is a fruit of lies. Uh, you know what? Speaking truth is so important, especially in this age. Uh, there are so many lies out there, and 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 it's uh, and and one one of the things that it's kind of demonstrated here in a small way that he told the, his servants first. Look at this dude. He tried to sleep with me, and then when her husband came home, said the same story. Just perpetuated the story. And he got really angry. And some people say, uh, let's say Jesus said about our opponent, who is the enemy, is a master liar. 
And when we're confronted with that, we can't let it shortcut the dream and vision that God gave us to our life and live in peace. Live in peace. So the response from her husband was anger, and he threw him in the prison. And by the way, I didn't mention that earlier. This whole journey for him started at 17 years old. And the, and the, and the, the, the culmination or, or where God was bringing them in this dream for his life was some 15 years plus later. So it's quite some time. Quite some time. So uh, now, again... While Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. Back to intimacy with God. Back to knowing the visions that God has given for, to you and me and knowing that, that God will complete what he started in our lives and, he, and he, he'll, he'll encourage us along the way. And he says, and, it, and, it's, it, and it's amazing this, this kind of ties into Joseph's connection with God and the vision God gave him, and the Lord was with him and showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. All right, here's one of those, here's one of those times now, like I mentioned earlier, when you're... You might be in, in a tough place, but you have a God is reassured and affirmed to you that he's with you and that comfort of God is on you. Take advantage of those times and build your faith. Build your faith because the next storm might be on the way. And then, as we know, as the story goes on, uh, the wardens start giving Joseph freedom and authority and, and kind of like a helper in the prison. And God was prospering him and showing him kindness and, and, and showing him and favor in his life, even in prison. Remember, when people, family, say unthink, unkind things to you, when the people you love hurt you the most, when, don't allow yourself to be imprisoned. You see, Joseph was continually pressing, pressing in and encouraged by the Holy Spirit in prison. Don't let the prisons of life define who you are. So along came a cupbearer that had a dream. And Joseph I said, wow, it all started with some dreams I had a long time ago. Man, my brothers got after me, my father got after me, and everybody got after me, and I was, I was hated. They tried to kill me. They sold me into slavery. I tried to do the right thing, and then uh, this woman lied about me and lied to my husband about me, and now I'm here in prison, and all of a sudden, you see, that vision came out of a dream he had, and Joseph never forgot it. Never forgot it, even through. Now, this is years. This is years. And then finally, the, the, the cupbearer had a dream, and he said, you know what? You're getting out of jail, man. You're getting free. The king's got to put you in that position again. Don't worry. That's what the dream means, and, and go for it. And you know what? So, in fact, it wasn't a long time, and all of a sudden, the king called him into his court and said, you're forgiven, you're set free. You're now going to start serving me in my court. Now, uh, uh, which I don't have the verse here, but you know what? 
one of the robbers of peace is when people you loved and did things for, and there might be an expectation in you that uh, they may pat me on the shoulder, they may say thanks, they may, they may appreciate it. Maybe when I'm down, they'll come to my side. You know, you get all this expectation. I, Here, man, I put my heart out. I, 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 I put my heart out to them. I stood with them in their difficult times. I was there. There's a word here that cannot rob our peace when those we've done good to do not come back and be there when we need them. Here's the word. It's, it's, it's a hard word, and Joseph had to deal with it because when the cupbearer got back and all happy, wow, had a dream, I'm all happy, I'm back in the king's court. It's amazing. And it says there in Scripture, and he forgot Joseph. Were you ever forgotten? Don't allow it to rob your peace. Because there's someone that says that you and I know intimately that says, I'll never forget you. It's, it's back to that. I didn't mean to go there, but it's back to that. Are we all wrapped up in the temporal? We're, we're, we're with all our expectations we have for other people. And all those expectations are going up and they're not being fulfilled? Or are we staying in that place of the eternal? And my expectation will always be met but because my God will never leave me, never forsake me, and he's a rewarder to those that diligently seek after him. I did have that verse there. The chief cupbearer never, however, did not remember Joseph. And, and you know what? It was years. Plenty of time to fester up a, a negative spirit over people you blessed because they were silent. Pharaoh, then, then, then um, what happened was uh, the Pharaoh or the king of Israel, of uh, Egypt, all of a sudden, he had a dream. He had a dream. And it, and, and it perplexed him. And, and he was trying to get all his priest and all these people around him, and nobody could tell him the dream, interpret it. And uh, finally, the cupbearer woke up. Hey, Pharaoh, when I was in prison, the reason I'm here, because I had a dream, and he said that you'd bring me back, and you restore me, and da-da-da-da-da, and... and, and and his name is Joseph, and he's in the and he's there in the prison. Uh, I believe he might be able to help you. I'm gonna take a moment here. You know what? God's given you dreams. God has given you vision. God has shown you uh, uh, glimpses into your purpose for being here. And and uh, and the idea is. Uh, what we, some of the things we don't know, what's what happening behind the scenes, what's happening in your fa families and your family members and people that hurt you and all that. You, you, as you keep a right spirit towards them, you, you really don't always know what's going on where you don't know. You know, Joseph finally saying, here's years, man, this dude forgot me. 
But he, he never knew in the prison that Pharaoh had a dream. He never knew in the prison that he was trying to find answers to his dream. He never knew in the prison that the one he thought forgot him would always, all of a sudden remember him. He never thought about God's timing. Yeah. He has the right thing happening at the right time, at the right place for you and I. Be, the earlier verse, be anxious for nothing. So Joseph said to the Pharaoh, I had a dream and no one could interpret it, but I have heard it said for, of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to the Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. And the Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is one, there is no one so discerning, so wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people and, and to submit to your orders only with respect to the throne. You will, you will be greater, no one will be greater than you. So Joseph, Joseph, because he stayed true to his connection with the God he loved. So he was patiently waiting on the God he loved. And he would, he would not, we have no evidence that he allowed any of these things from his family, from his brothers, from Potiphar, from being forgotten in jail. Did he ever allow that to cause him to lose his peace of the vision that God gave him for his life? <laughs> a long way too. I don't know. I don't know if any of us are that patient to wait that long for God to really reveal the the, the whole thing to us. So, so uh, Joseph was called in the position a prince of Egypt. And you know what? What's really neat was, but when Joseph saw his brothers, you see, there was a famine in the land, and that was the interpretation of the dream. And, and Joseph made sure Egypt was taken care of with God's wisdom and built up a whole inventory of food and, and provision for the Egyptian people. Yet that famine was widespread and his very own family was on the brink of starvation. But they heard, hey, there's food in Egypt. They never even dreamed that the person that was behind that provision in Egypt was his brother Joseph, their brother Joseph, the dreamer. But Joseph said to them, when he finally revealed himself to him, to them, do not be afraid. It, it, isn't that where the enemy would love to have victory in our life? That when, when, when if we're the one giving heartache and problems and trouble, that there would be this revenge spirit? It reminds me of uh, even the disciples had that spirit and Jesus had to correct it right away. He says, Lord, should we ask that fire rain down and kill them all? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not in my plan. That's not in my plan. So when Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, because he knew they could be afraid, because here's the prince of Egypt, their whole supply, and what they did to him, and how they tried to rob his peace. And they said, do not be afraid. I, 
I am in a place. I am in the place of God. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done in saving many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. So the, the, result, the result of remaining in God's peace is when there's family members that have hurt you really bad, pray for them. When, when, a, a, when lies are spoken about you, pray for them. When people forget to acknowledge you, pray for them. You know, it's, uh, uh, in our whole life, we're seeking accolades from our Father in Heaven, not from people. Pray for them. Pray for them. And be kind to them. Quite a challenge. But the, when we're intimate with Jesus Christ and the peace of all understanding is guarding our soul and minds, the result is that we can be kind to people that hate us, be kind to people that misuse us, be kind to people that lied about us, be kind to people that may have forgotten us. I think I, I'm going to mention that. That's a biggie, I think. When, 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 when we put out our best effort and the response back is uh, zero, remember where your hope and where the accolades need to come from. Our Father in Heaven. So in kind of closing here, we're not going to go into another sermon, but to, to reassure us that the enemy never tires and never runs out of people to go after to try to rob them of their peace, we have to remember David and Goliath. Here, young David, uh, when, when he saw the situation and he saw Goliath, He's a young boy and this big guy, all in the army with swords and everything else, and shouting out uh, just blasphemous words. What is the giants in your life, in my life, that are screaming out? Do you have the peace of God? Do you have his peace operating in your life? And, and, and that peace is, is, is connected with intimacy with Jesus. And, and David walked into that situation and said, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not. What's the giants of your life? What are, what are the things you're facing that appear to be a big giant? Are you at peace with God? Do you know the peace that passes understanding? And you, do you know you're on the side of victory, not defeat? How about Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? How about them? How about them? How about us when people challenge our faith? And, and even family members or whatever they are that challenge our faith and 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 people come against us and try to make us deny the one who loves us. Well, that I'm telling you, the peace that passed understanding had to affect these three men when they said, no way are we denying the God of Israel, the God we love. No way, no way. Even if you throw us in a furnace, even if we are burned to death, we will not deny God. 
how does that where does that rhetoric come from? It comes from uh, uh, the blessed assuring, assurance in walking in the peace of God and saying, whatever happens, do it. Do it. And what's amazing in that story, as they threw them into that furnace, as they set it up hotter, it's even killing the servants that even got close to the fire. And then the king looks in there and says, I thought there were three. Who's that fourth guy? With the appearance of the Son of God. Some scholars say it was Jesus himself with those three young men that had so much peace over their lives, even if it meant being burned to death. Ever burned your little finger? To be burned over your whole body has to be tremendously painful. And they were willing to accept their destiny, but they said, we will not, we will not deny our God. How about David? He kind of ministered with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And how about David? Daniel. I mean, Daniel. I'm sorry, Daniel. I said that. Dan you all knew it. I, uh, how about Daniel? When, when he was asked not to pray, shut it down, pray to the, pray to the gods of Babylon. And, and, and he, was, he was set up. We've already heard a bunch of stories already how the enemy tries to set us up through family, through situations, and, and through lies. and tries to, He was set up. And, and the king kind of loved him, but he said, but you know what? My word counts. Into the lions, then you go. How about him as he was... I do not picture Daniel as they took him to the lion's den, going, no, 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 no. Oh, I, I picture him just walking with them and maybe taking a dive himself into the den. And the lion's mouths were shut. By God Almighty, guess what? While he was down there, those were hungry lions. But because of God's divine protection, Daniel wasn't appealing to them. He was down there with those lions walking in the peace that passes understanding. And sure enough, game changer. The king saw him alive. Get him out of there and throw these guys that lied and set them up, throw them down there. Let's see if those lions are still hungry. They ate them up. How about Nehemiah? You know, we talked about the cupbearer. That's what he was. Not a trained man. He was, he was, he was a cupbearer for the king. And, and he, he not, not necessarily was an amazing engineer like John, uh, knowing all things about metals and everything else and what metals can do and what metals can't do. He, he wasn't really well-trained, and yet God gave him an assignment. God gave him a vision for rebuilding the wall in Jerusalem. And he was commissioned, given all the provision, but didn't necessarily have the talent. And what happened to him? What happens to many of us? Challenged. And in wisdom, he said, okay, one arm have a shovel, the other arm have a sword and uh, we're going to get this job done no matter what the opposition is. I know God called me in this, and I have the peace of God that the task will be accomplished. And it was accomplished in record time, even with the opposition. Even with the opposition. 
God is so good. God is so good. Now, in closing, let's all enjoy some words from Scripture that talk about this peace that belongs to you and me, that peace that's a product of knowing our Heavenly Father and walking in intimacy with Him. First one we'll look at is Isaiah 26.3. And you will, you will keep in perfect peace those who are minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And I think that, that will, that's a lead-off verse. I, I think that encompasses everything we just heard this morning. That you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Psalms 23, and the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. That's where it comes from, guys. That's where it comes from. And then John 16, I have told you these things so that, you, that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In Isaiah 32, the fruit, back to the fruit, the fruit of that righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. Take a pause here the fruit of righteousness. When you and I gave our life to Jesus Christ, that righteousness was a gift. John 14. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Do not let your, you do not give, I, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Amen. In Romans 5, therefore, since you have been justified through faith, you, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The product. Then, in closing, we kind of start back from the beginning of this message. We go right back to the beginning. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Leave things in His hands. Can I say it again? Leave it in His hands. I tell you, I'll tell you from pastor's life, Every time I try to take it over myself, the, ter the result wasn't very good. <laughs> so, then, in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. See, we don't have to know it all, guys. But we have to believe. We have to have faith. We have to trust. We, we, we don't have to know it all. And it says, and transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? It's, um, and, and I pray for us as a church that, that all of us will walk in his peace, that, 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 that fruit will just be 
growing so strong in our life that because, again, we saw in Scripture uh, the relentless enemy is out to rob that from us. But God says, stay connected with me and I'll increase it. And, and I, to, for me, in my walk, you know, uh, kind of this unrelenting un, un, um, faith in my God is really, really has a strong connection with the peace that passes understanding operating in my life. You know, it's, uh, it's amazing. So, Father, in Jesus' name, bless us, Lord. Increase faith in our, in our fellowship here. And Father God, uh, I know the enemy, he, he tries and he tries and tries. But Father, I thank you for all of us in this room and all of us in the gathering place will learn that greater is he that's in us. And Father God, we don't have to be, we don't have to be manipulated by the enemy. We have to be fashioned and beautifully, our character is beautifully established in our faith and connection with Jesus Christ, that in that, that we can call our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, and we can declare that greater is in us than he that is in the world, and that he will not be successful robbing any of us of the peace of God that passes all understanding. Amen? God bless you, and where's there he is. Go for it. Uh, he's worthy to be worshipped. And I, and I love, uh, you know, we've been singing that song once in a while. He is worthy, he is worthy, he is worthy. And that's a true thing. He is worthy. And in that worthiness, he accomplished everything for us. But in that accomplishment, he made you and I worthy. Don't downsize your vision and dreams. You are worthy to ask a big God for big things. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Pastor Todd. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I pray the Lord uses today's message by Pastor Byron to strengthen your walk with God. If you were blessed by this message and would like to support the ministry of The Gathering Place financially, I encourage you to use our online giving portal, at tgpchicago.org. Our portal uses PayPal's secure site so none of your information is compromised. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the Gathering Place podcast. God bless you and have a great week.